So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the show where they carry army, share their thoughts on all things town. I hope you all had a good week. I've had a good one, although it's been bloody cold. I'm sure not as cold as it is in Norway. We are joined by a special guest in Cinder Larson and Ben Diaf as we discuss all things town. Kieran McKenna has been in charge of the football club now for one year. Where has that gone? One year, just in, in life, it's gone quickly. But Kieran McKenna, what a job he's done so far. Um, of course, we are proudly sponsored by Manscaped. Use the code KOA with 20% off at the basket and free delivery. And also, for your marketing needs, you ginger pickle. Uh, anyway, enough of me. Let's bring in my two guests, starting off with Sindre. Sindra, he's tried to tell me how to say it, but I'm going to go with Sindre because <laughs> I think it just sounds cool. But anyway, mate, how are you doing? Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's um, no reason to complain. The weather is uh, typical of December over here, so uh, cold and uh, very white. And uh, obviously, it warms to have club football back now uh, after a uh, yeah, shambolic World Cup. But also entertaining, so I can't complain. Finally, the club football is back, and I look forward to watching the town again this weekend. Of course, we've been... League One's been still at it, but as you said, yeah, Premier League's been back and other you know championships been back recently as well. Um, but yeah, we, we had some risk of snow in, in Suffolk. Um, thankfully, it didn't reach us. A lot of people know this. I don't care for snow, but um, I'm sure it looks pretty. And I'm sure you see a lot of it, Sindre, so I'm sure you're sick of it now. But um, it's great to have you on the show. Ben Diaf, good old Ben Diaf. Always a pleasure. If you're watching on video, he has a monster of a Christmas tree behind him. Looks good, my friend. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Ross. Very much into the uh, festive spirit in the Diaz household. Um, not long to go till we break up in terms of work. And um, my wife's a teacher, so she can't wait counting down the days so till next Wednesday. And then we're off to Ireland for Christmas. Um, very much looking forward to that. Plenty of Guinness will be drunk. Far too much. Lots of potatoes eaten. And that isn't a stereotype in the Cody household. They eat lots of meat and potatoes. Um, so I'll come back very full and probably much fatter. Um, but really looking forward to Christmas. So it's a great time of year. Um, we did get snow in Cambridgeshire. And I also don't like it, Ross. It gets in the way of everything. What a pain in the arse. Um, can't go out for a run. You can't really do much outside at all, can you? So, luckily, the Ipswich, the Mighty Blues, won't get their game called off, obviously, last Saturday. And then moving on to Wickham, I think undersoil heating will save us. So, looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, as you can tell from my tone, I'm uh, yeah really looking forward to, to Christmas and in good spirits. Good to hear, my friend. And, by the way, your hair is looking sharp this evening. If you, as I said, watch again, if you watch it on video... Ben Diaz's hair and, and Sidra as well. I think we've all got three very strong hairs here. I've got a bit of a shorter <laughs> one here, but all looking good hair-wise. So um, big shout out to us. Um, and that gives you an opportunity to watch some video to see our, our faces, probably faces for radio, really. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about Kieran McKenna, boys. Kieran McKenna, one year in charge. Um, I want to get your first reactions, really, one year on when he got appointed, assistant manager at Man United and all that. You know, we'll link to Neil Harris, John Terry, all those sort of managers, you know, probably Neil Warnock was on that list as well. Um, but Sindre, what was your your memories of when he got appointed, when it got announced? A picture of him, boom, Kieran McKenna, knew it's your town boss. Yeah, I was really excited about, about it, actually. I thought um, from day one, I always thought that he sounded like the type of manager that the club needed. Um, 
it's always a cliche to say that he's progressive, young, hungry, wants to play the right way and all those things. But I felt like um, his background coming from um, Manchester United under the wings of uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who obviously is Norwegian and we know well, uh, I just thought that he seemed like a very intelligent intellectual and uh, a very wise young uh, guy and i thought that the squad uh, in terms of ability suited him well it was a very technical squad and uh, so i from day one was early out on twitter writing obviously in norwegian that i thought he was a brilliant appointment and that i felt like this was a perfect fit for a club so uh, i'm happy to sit there now and say that i actually i got that one right in the end so uh, yeah yeah um when it got appointed a lot of people go who who yeah. who's this guy um because yeah i'm sure there's some people who have you know in-depth um knowledge on different coaches and managers around the football world but um yeah i was very much who but then when i saw his interview i thought this guy as you said intelligent i was blown away with all of what he was saying and even the press conference with all the press as well um ben over to you mate uh once again your thoughts on when he got first got appointed, Kieran McKenna? Yeah, the the initial reaction, I think, like anybody else, is straight away trying to find a little bit more detail. Um, when the name came out, I knew who he was in terms of being on the coaching staff. At, they like to call themselves the biggest club in the world. I think maybe supporters-wise they are, but not much other reason right now. Um, but there's no, I mean, there's no doubt. I think it was a great coup for the squad. It was for the club sorry it's it brilliant hearing the stories of Ashton coming out about their meeting off the M6 and at the services and how long it took to get it over the line um, and I just remember being quite excited we've we, we had sort of run-of-the-mill experienced in inverted commas uh, managers a lot of them named Paul up until this point you know and it was a bit like oh you know they've got a good track record hoping they can bring it to town and for whatever reason it didn't work out many reasons um so yeah really a really exciting appointment I know his first couple of interviews people said that they thought he was a little bit boring whereas again it's easier to talk sort of after the event but I just remember thinking so analytical like there was a lot of thought and obviously we've got we've gone on to realize there's so much thought you know to every word that he says he can describe himself and describe what he's trying to say so well um, that is one of his huge strengths so yeah he i don't think as well one thing when he first came across in the in the press conferences that he, his tone of voice the way he carries himself is exactly the same now as it was on the first day you know not too up not too down so that's sort of my first impression. He was like a scholar of the game. And I think that's yeah. fair to say is how he's continued. I'm sure I'm sure he was a little bit nervous as well because this is his first ever management job. You know, he's been a coach at big clubs like Maynard and Spurs and stuff like that. But this is his first job. And having all this press and everyone asking questions, sure, he's a bit nervous for it, but he, he came across so well. Um, I think I watched, um, he did like an interview for a YouTube series, I think Coaches Voices. Um, I think we, we put that in the chat and we, I think most people listened to it and they really enjoyed it. And then when he's gone on to do more and more interviews, he's come across so well. He's done a recent good one, of course, with um, the League of 72, which once again, some great stuff in there. Um, Sindre, 50 games, plus games now in charge. Um, many ups, a few downs. Um, but what has been the key moment for you so far? You know, your favourite moment of the Kieran McKenna era. No, so when you sent me this, um, the preparations for this uh, podcast, the first thing that jumped uh, off the page for me was the Gillingham away game 
mm. early on in his tenure because I remember I remember watching that game with a friend of mine. And I just have to mention that I have a podcast in Norway about the sports betting. And I was uh, I was picking Ipswich to win that game at um, decimal odds of 185. And my friend, he's he's been living with me tipping about Ipswich for 15 years now. So he, he knows from experience that I usually always uh, overestimate my own team. So just to sit down in his living room, his expectations ridiculously low after watching the shit, sorry, uh, under uh, Lambert and uh, Hurst and Mick especially, where like maybe you got a 1-0 scrappy win against Burton. But uh, yeah, it, it could have been other things that you would have spent the two hours uh, doing on a Saturday. Uh, afternoon so just uh, especially the first 30 minutes of that game watching it with my friend Mats and uh, he was almost uh, gobsmacked uh, of how good and how quickly the team has uh, had improved uh, and also Shrewsbury away this season I watched the game with my same the fr- same friend of mine I also had a pick on Ipswich for that game and uh, it was so dominant, free-flowing, and uh, it looked so cohesive. And um, it's uh, it's not often times you see football teams who win games that you are reliant on individual brilliance to get a result. But I think it's it's so clear that this is a team who are so well drilled. Their relationships between between players, defenders, the keeper and the defenders, the midfield and the defenders, and obviously all the attackers are so. They are so on the same uh, same wavelength, and also the fact that um, you can see the substitute substitutes getting a lot of joy uh, out of seeing the other players succeed. So uh, Shrewsbury away was a really uh, impressive display, and generally, like Ben said, his um, his demeanor and his uh, appearance is uh, is so classy, and uh, so he's a really um, a perfect representative for a club so just in general you maybe was looking for a bit of a tabloid highlight but uh, i think just in general his demeanor and um, yeah the, the 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 feeling of the club right now is uh, so much more um is so much more better and uh, upbeat than previously yeah, definitely, mate. And yeah, he dresses he dresses well as well, doesn't he, Kieran McKenna? Um, last week, I said that, um, or Harvey said, Leif Davis smells well. And I said, oh, I'm going to go and see if I can smell Kieran McKenna. So that is still on my, my, uh, <laughs> my plan to do. So maybe I'll get Wickham if I get close. I'll just have a little little sniff and let you know. I don't know if, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, Ben. Save me. <laughs> save me, Ben. Save me. Save me. That doesn't sound great, Russ. <laughs> Like, you know, just you, you know when you walk past someone, they have a nice arm shave on, and oh, you smell nice, mate. Well, you know, you smell nice. So that's where I'm going with it. Um, that's what I, I would going. have thought. He's sort of more of a bloke who just smells really clean. Like yeah. doesn't put too much aftershave on, not too much. Just it, that's probably even very well thought. He's probably yeah. over time found exactly the right amount of aftershave or eau de toilette to to place onto his self. <laughs> Yeah, and also yeah. the fact that I, I don't, I don't uh, think he stresses at all. He's a really relaxed guy, so I don't think he sweats anything more than he needs to. And obviously that will help with your body odor if you are yeah. uh, a guy who smells a lot of sweat. There we go. Yeah. We've got a whole podcast here on McKenna and his smells. Definitely. The cards. Yeah. Um, thanks, Ben. You saved me just a bit there. Um, let's segue nicely into your favorite moment and yeah Sindre's done a good point there with the Gilliam game because yeah how quick was that that was only his second game in charge and we're free throwing football scoring some good goals 
Um, Rory, good afternoon in Gillingham, um, which is not that often because, yeah, <laughs> Gillingham is Gillingham. Um, but anyway, Ben, what has been your favourite moment so far? Yeah, different, um, which is good uh, for, for the listeners who are not harping on about the same. Fantastic win, which it was, Gillingham, and very important. Um, for me, I've gone for the Pompey at home this season. And the reason being is we've, we've seen us play a fantastic brand of football um, and beaten the lower sort of place teams in the division quite comfortably. And it was always so delightful to watch and really feeling comfortable, even when we only had a goal lead. Um, never been so comfortable watching Ipswich side for so long, which has been amazing. But we needed a breakthrough win. And although Pompey have slid down the table um, quite a bit since, and I still think they will mount some kind of playoff charge at some point, depending on who's in charge, um, if they stick with Cali or not. Um, but um, yeah, I just thought it was a win in a, in a obviously really good crowd, but we really needed it just to prove uh, to ourselves, I think, more than the fans. And yeah, we were all a little bit doubtful. We still thought we needed to beat a big team in inverted commas in this division, um, playing this fantastic brand of football. Could, could we do it or did we need to have a plan B? Did we need to change formation? Um, but on, I mean, on the day, obviously Pompey got two penalties. I think we were really good value, and uh, just the reaction at the end, the players. I mean, it maybe was slightly over the top, but I, I don't think for what it meant to the team. But McKenna as a manager, I think he he knew until we get a win like that, people will have a, a sort of a something to 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 hit him with, a stick to hit him with about us not being able to beat a big team. Um, and I think that was a really huge psychological um, barrier to get over. So I, I think that was huge in terms of our promotion push this season. Really good win at Portman Road. It was a fantastic afternoon. Burns with that um, winner near the end. And um, yeah, obviously we all went mad in the sunshine. So that, that's my sort of biggest moment with McKenna in charge. And um, hopefully there'll be many more afternoons like that before May. Yes, mate. Um, of course, the big one. We all know promotion, hopefully. That is the goal. Um, Sindre, just to sort of expand on this chat about uh, McKenna, of course, the boys on the main Flash It show covered all bases. But um, is there any other notes you want to mention about McKenna? Um, what you like about him and just any other thing else you want to add? No, uh, I think um, the fact that he's so spe specific. Uh, a lot of managers are always talking cliches and... Uh, so obviously, obviously, I have my own web page and Twitter page where I share a lot of betting tips for, especially in League One. So I use a lot of time listening to managers' uh, interviews and press conferences, and I'm really fond of Steve Cottrell. I think he's an interesting guy to listen to because he is always a bit of a wild card. Uh, but they always talk in cliches after a loss. It's always uh, second balls, and um, and it was like yeah, I think there's a lot of cliches, but always with McKenna, you can you always expect something specific and concrete and maybe something you haven't noticed yourself. Um, the fact that he talked about, um, I think it was um, a game against against Portsmouth in the Pizza Papa John's trophy where he talked about uh, the left back becoming the third man in attack and the spare man in attack. So things like that, who I would never which I would never expect to hear from a guy like Paul Cook, who's uh, like a very stereotypical English manager, is get the ball forward as quickly as you can and attack with plenty of people and be direct and get tra traffic in the box and all those uh, types of things. So I feel like uh, McKenna is a really academical manager, but also a really good um, P 
people's person. So uh, the combination is uh, all you can ask for in a football manager. So I'm really impressed by him and uh, long may it continue because um, I think he can be gone from Ipswich in a couple of years time if if we don't if we don't uh, go up to the Premier League even because he's bound for bigger and better things than than town unfortunately I think. Oh, bloody depressing! Thanks for that. Thanks, Lazard, right? But no, you know, Ben, we've already seen this, haven't we? Already, haven't we? With um, you know, Watford and Brighton, those sort of jobs. Of course, you know, he McKenna's got a project here, and I, I'm sure we're we're not ever worried. But um, have you ever been a little bit worried? Oh, maybe if he does really well, what's your thoughts on that? It's too soon for him now. He's got to get us promoted. Quite frankly, if he doesn't get us promoted, I think people point to it's an easy thing to do, but they'll point to our budget, our infrastructure, our owners, our you know, new improved everything off the pitch. Um, so and that's one thing I haven't really touched upon. Essentially, he's under an awful lot of pressure. The Ipswich Town job in League One is one of the most specialized jobs that there is well, in the division, and you kind of forget that because he doesn't show that much emotion. Um, in a good way, this is a compliment. You know, he, he gives, gives the fist pump when we win, and obviously always applauds the crowd, which is great. Um, he doesn't absolutely come out and lambast referees. He just words it carefully. I think that's easy to forget how much pressure he's under. So um, I'm not worried right now, Ross. But um, as Sindra just said, that if we get promoted and in the championship for a season or two without really threatening anything, then uh, yeah, I think bigger fish will come calling and um, then it's up to him, isn't it? How much is he in the project? How much does he have faith that we can move forward as a football club? Um, because it will be very rewarding if he managed to get two promotions under his books and establish his interest in the Premier League. What an unbelievable time that would be. Um, but let's not think about that. Let's just um, enjoy him while he is here and let's hope he's here for a very long time. Oh, what a way to end the chat on McKenna. And as a big point you meant is a Big job. It's a pressure job. League One, Ipswich Town. Yeah, that's a that's a massive job. And it's for his first ever job. He is doing very well indeed. Um, okay then, boys. It's time for the strike. Sindre, Ben, head to head. Who is going to come out this week as the champion, the king of kings of the strike? Um, little reference there for WWE Triple H. If you um if you know that. Um, Kings of Kings, Triple H. Anyway, um, four questions plus a tiebreaker if needed. First of all, um, he propped up on the news the other day. Um, I think Andy did a story on him. Um, and also, it's actually his birthday this month because, of course, I always bring the strike with birthdays. Josh Harrop, um, remember him? Um, yeah. Had a loan spell at town. Yeah. Um, can you remember his shirt number? Was it 27, 33 or 40? Josh Harrop. I think he played 15 games. I think someone put a, a video up of a shot against Swindon, which um, was very depressing. And that was a very depressing time, of course. Um, but yeah, Josh Harrop. He's uh, signed for Northampton Town in League Two after he got released recently from somewhere. Um, but I thought sort of segue nicely into a first strike question from his birthday this month. Also, he's, he's relevant in the news if people care about former players, where they're going. Um, anyway, though, boys, what do you reckon? Um, where where is my there you go twenty seven. The thing is that I actually the first thing that uh, jumped off the page for me it was twenty six, but I have written forty, so I'm probably wrong. Uh, I'm just gonna double check. It is thirty three. It's actually thirty three. Ah, good. Actually thirty three. Um. So nil nil. 
both wrong. Justin Kabar, uh, 33. Justin Kabar, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. He shouldn't have been allowed that number. Bart Should would have been have. better. Bart would have been better out on pitch than he would have been for us. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Bart's not even playing for Milton at the moment. He's, he's on the bench. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why, and I won't. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, question two is on now. This man, well, what a signing he was back in 2000. Um, played for his country. Um, now, which country was it? Um, Emir Kavovic. How you say it? Kavovic? Kavovic? I can't. I'm bad. Carriage. Carriage. Oh, God. Emir Carriage. Amir Carriage. Okay, How there we go. How are you making it longer? I don't know. I don't know, mate. I don't know. I when I when I say names, I just get <laughs> I just yeah, I overcomplicate it and uh yeah. But anyway, um Amir Carriage. Amir Carriage played for which country? He actually played at Euros in a World Cup for his country. Was it Serbia, Slovenia, or Slovakia? As you got as you can see, I've gone so right. Uh, because you're written Seriba, I'm guessing it's just a typo, right? It's not Oh yeah, it must be. Quick <laughs> question. Yeah, but possibly. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably have spelled it wrong. Um, sorry, sorry, any Serbian listeners out there? Um, I was six yeah. years old when he played, so um, I just have to Fine. say that. Yeah, Seriba sounds lovely though, Ross. <laughs> it does. I'm so sorry. Sounds a little bit more exotic than Serbia. No offense. Yeah, it's probably a lovely city to visit. Uh, yeah. a lovely country to visit. But is that the I've written down, I'm almost doubly, triply sure, well, I can't, that it's uh, Slovenia. I don't know if you can read that. Yeah, I was too young to remember. So I'm written Serbia. I'm it sure it's Slovenia. It is, is Slovenia. It? it is Slovenia. Yeah, he won a lot of cats for Slovenia. I said he played at Euros and World Cup for him. When he was actually like, left, left back, left wing back. I don't know, mate. I, I know what If you just play. go by specific results in the last five years, I would beat you any day, Ben. Just to me. Just to point that out. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time on the strike, we'll, we'll bring that up. Um, we'll definitely yeah, bring that up. Um, but yeah, fun fact: um, Karic is actually uh, managing a women's team in Slovenia. So, sort of, yeah, nice. So he's the head coach of a team. Um, Do you want a yeah. fun fact about Slovenia? Yeah, go ahead. Do you know how many islands there are in Slovenia? Ooh. All right. Let, let me and Ben guess, and closest gets yeah. the win. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess nineteen. 19. It's a good number. I like the number 19. I'm going to go 22. That's probably a line at. I'm not entirely sure, but I think the correct answer is one, actually. So, um, oh, yeah. Oh. It's, the, it's the country in the world who has the most tractors. So that's a bit specific to this podcast, obviously. Oh, well, that yeah. is specific to this. Yeah. yeah. Slovenia yeah. and Suffolk have a lot in common. Yeah, they do. absolutely. I do. I think we played a Slovenian team before. I think didn't we? Slovenia Prague, didn't we? In the UEFA Cup. No, that's that's uh, Sparta Prague. I think you. <laughs> that's Ross. Move on, buddy. <laughs> move on. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know how to segue into the no, question. I think really. you're thinking about the Slavia Prague, and that's yes, Czech Republic, obviously. Ah, uh, flat yeah. yeah. I'm an Prague. absolute Prague. Prague, yeah. That is in Czech Republic. Yeah, bloody hell. Well, I'm not assuming, yeah. Um, Kevin Beatty, um, it's birthday this month. Um, would have been his birthday, of course. Rest in peace, the legend. Um, now, he scored his first town goal <laughs> against Will. <laughs> oh, dear. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, he scored Kevin his first Beatty. town goal against which team? 
Uh, what a man, what a legend. Deser- that statue is deserved because he was, yeah, what a player. I wish I was alive to watch him play. The amount of stories I get told about him. Um, but yeah, guess which team did he score his first town goal? Was it Leeds, Newcastle um, or Sheffield United? If I get this right, I'm really impressed because I've actually written it down before you gave me the alternatives. Ooh. And it's one of those two, three teams. Go on, love it. <laughs> well, that's good. It's a good start, Ross. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the ones you've written down. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just going to say mine because. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going Leeds. Okay. Sindre, what, what are you going for? I haven't got the screen Leeds. up, so I can't Leeds. Leeds. Yeah. So I'm on a different page. I'm just double checking the answer because I thought I had it down, but I didn't. Um, he made his debut, of course, against Man United. Um, but his first goal was against, ladies and gentlemen. In a free, free draw against Leeds United at Ellen Road. So yes, yeah. it is two one. Very impressive. Um, question four. Player. So yeah, that's yeah, fun. love that, love it. Um, question four is on this man making his birthday. Alex Matty. Um, his birthday. Alex Matty. Matty. Matt. Matt. Who calls him Matty? Uh, <laughs> I, I do, mate. I do. Maffy, sorry, sorry, Alex. I always bump into Alex in the northern away trips. Always a nice little chin wag with good old Alex. Um, how many goals did he score for town in 133 games? Of course, closest, correct answer gets the point. If you get it bang on, Sindra, if you get it bang on, mate, you get two points and you could win. Um, so this is before, this is before my era, I just I'm just saying. Me too, mate. Me too. So I don't know, but I know it's going to have to get no, I guess, Norwich. That's the only need to know. Before half time as well, and then he, and then he came off, came off half time with an injury. So, and then Bobby Petter scored two in the second half. He, he always gets he the did, DJ, the DJ, yeah, Bobby DJ Petter. now. Good, good lad, good lad. Um, but yeah, if you're closest to correct answer gets point, if you get a bang on, boys, and if you're playing at home, hope you enjoy the strike. It's a bit of a shambles this week, as always, but uh, hope you're enjoying it. Um, we'll start with you, Benny boy. What would you reckon? In 133 games, how many goals did good old Alex? Maffy score. Or um, Matey, as you as you written. Matty, yeah. Yeah. I've written down 39. Oh, oh. No, I haven't done the H on Matty. Oh god. 38. Oh. Ooh. Well, no one's got a bang you. on. But Benny's the closest. It's 47. Oh. I'm go. impressed with that. Well done, Alex Maffy. Top man. Yeah. I just realised I haven't done great Scottish accent. Love it when he's on iFollow or but Radio Suffolk. Yeah, I feel bad. I've done so many typos on this. Oh, poor from me. Um, was he ben, a postie? Was he a postie yeah, he at some point? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's still. I think he's still working the Royal Mail. As I the last time I've got only bloody one at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we oh. we we salute you, Royal Mail people. Uh, <laughs> God's sake. Um, now we're going to do a tiebreaker because Sanjay is our guest um, yeah. and is actually Good. connected to a Norwegian town player. Um, Johnny Parr, of course. Um, now, how many caps did Johnny Parr win for Norway from 2010 to 2013? Um, so, Sanjay, if you get it bang on, you've won. If you, yeah, then you've won overall, but Sanjay, it's an opportunity for him to steal it if you if you get a bang on, you've, you've double your points, mate. Double your points. Thank you. I don't really recall Johnny Parr's international career very much at all. So. 
No, the fact that I don't either tells you a little bit about how many games it was. Or he made his debut against Monterego in a friendly match in May 2010. Sorry, um, what country was that? I'm not sure I've ever heard of that country before. Montrego, Montrego, Montenegro. Montenegro. Oh, Montenegro. Previously known as Cereba Montenegro, I see. Yeah, yeah, oh god. Ben, like, give me a break. Give me a break, <laughs> mate. Jesus. Good it's up, educational. Got... It is, but yeah, if we have any listeners from Montre... yeah, that Montenegro. Yeah, that, that one. Um, hope you're enjoying the show. Um, hope you it used to be me. Serbia and Montenegro. Yeah, yes, that was a joke. I tried to get yeah. across Seriba yeah. and Montenegro. Oh yeah, because I've yeah spelling everything. Yeah. Have that I spelt Norway right, Sindre, in this this bar down here? Yeah, not too. Yeah, unfortunately, you're getting it from all corners here, Ross. Do apologise. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on and guess eight. eight. Yeah, I'm saying okay. six. I'm not sure. Ooh. If you turn the six to the other way. Okay, you've been correct. It's nine, nine caps for his country. A little um, thing quickly between yeah. you guys. What does Johnny Parr work with now? Well, that's the question. Oh, he's retired. He retired, retired didn't he? He retired yeah. a year ago, and he 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 has a, a like a normal job now. Normal job. Um, I yeah, love him as a golfer, just because you know the name. <laughs> Um, I. What do you do in Norway? Um... Same thing as you do in England. It's a really normal job. People like. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I think he's a state agent or something. State agent. Not, not too uh, bad. He actually works as a used. A solicitor. Car, used car salesman. Oh. Ooh. Fun fact of the day. Nice. And Imagine his, buying uh, your Volkswagen from Johnny Parr. His aunt was uh, my sister's teacher in uh, primary school. So that's another fun fact for you. Like it. Like it. There we go. Some Johnny Palm. This Palms. is good. Like, this is a great insight into any more Norwegian flavor for town that we haven't mentioned. Person Selina. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Bemen Brekkeskar played three yes. games, I think. Three games. And also Michael Crow, the keeper. Oh, yeah, the keeper. He, he, he represented Wales, but he was. He talks like fluent Norwegian, so yeah, yeah, cool. I'm wondering where Marco Crow is now. I do remember Marco Crow. Yeah, he left and he then signed for somebody like in Preston. I think he's at Preston. No, he's not in Preston. No, he, came, he went. He's back. He's back in Norway now. He's back yeah. in Norway now. He played one game in the Premier League, Norwegian Premier League, conceded five goals and never played again. So, Ooh. Oh, sorry, sorry to hear that, Michael. Um, <laughs> hope you're doing all right. Um, so Ben, you have won the strike this week. Speech, my friend. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, well started with Josh Harrop and it ended with Michael Crow. Um, yeah, take it away. Uh, I enjoyed the sort of rolling back the years theme. Hit different eras. Um, good questions, Ross. And of course, yeah, enjoyed the pronunciations of the different countries. Without yeah. that, it wouldn't have been as fun. It would have been just a boring quiz. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, Serbia. Sorry, Monterey Grow, whatever. Um, and Alex, Alex Maffey. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, we're just going to be blacklisted, aren't we, from those countries now? Nope, not allowed, not allowed. This Roscoe do, do, do we have a strong um, fan base in Montenegro? Uh, do you know what? I'm sure if we look at the stats, I'm sure there's probably one or two listeners. You never know. Out of nowhere. You never know. If someone ever visits there for a, like, a weekend trip and they want to listen to the Kings Only podcast, they may do. Or if they, if they live there full time, then perfect. 
if you, if you are a listener from those countries, let us know, um, and I will say my apologies to you. Um, right then, Ben Diaf, Sindre, let's get into the big talking points. Connor Chaplin is currently our town top goal scorer. He scored his tenth goal, ninth and tenth goal against Peterborough. And the the debate at the moment is, oh, do town need that twenty goal a striker? And um, Andy did a very good story on has there been a twenty goal striker at the club all along in the shadows? Because um, I didn't know how many goals Connor Chaplin scored until sort of seeing that stat and go, oh, he's ten goals. It double figures already. Um, so Zindre, how many goals do you reckon Connor Chaplin can score for the rest of the season? And then, do you think there will be another person who will become top goal scorer? No, so I think um, I will, I have always really liked him. I think he's, um, as I said on my podcast, Norwegian podcast earlier today, I, I don't think he's the best striker in the league, or he doesn't play as a striker. Uh, but I think he's probably up there in terms of finishing abilities. Um, so I think I'm going conservative. I think he might end up like 17, 18 league goals. So a really good tally for him. But um, yeah, I, and just quickly on the thing about uh, needing a 20 goal striker, I think the 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 really big talking point if is if we need a better striker, uh, not if we need a striker who scores more goals. But the question is, does Ladapo, Hadme, Jackson, if he plays up there, uh, contribute enough in the? Um, in the in the attacking phase of play and that's a really interesting thing to to talk about and um but yeah chaplin he um he scored plenty of goals in the championship and he plays in a team who creates chances so i think he's a good for up to 20 but slightly south of that uh, number in my eyes yeah because yeah he's I think about it he's, he doesn't play as a striker he's a number 10 and he's come off the bench a few times and he's just that fox in a box isn't he um ben i've just got um a, a little poll here that um andy warren's done on his story and it's how many goals will Connor chapman score in the league this season um 14 percent have gone 20 plus 17 to 19 he's 29 percent 15 to 17 so 17 like Sindre, have gone 47 percent there nine percent have gone just 12 to 14 so only two or four more goals um Wisdom of crowds. Sure. Yes. Um, what, what do you reckon then, Ben? Uh, I think he'll just miss out on the 20. I've actually got 19. Um, I know it's 10 goals in all competitions, and we'll probably, unless we have an excellent cup run, we won't have as many games in all competitions. And Chaplin's even come out himself, hasn't he? He scores in spits and spurts in terms yeah. of he'll score over a few games, and then he'll go for a little bit of a lull. Um, I, I think he's superb. Um, just a great player to have at this level, proven um, that he'll score you goals. He just picks up some superb um, positions in the box, different phases of play that we've practiced, obviously, at training. I think um, Lee Evans commented it, commented on it on the commentary for I follow at the weekend that they work on the, the places where Chapman picks those spaces up in the box. Really see, great, great to see him score different types of goals as well with his head, obviously, at the weekend and then shrugging off the player, whether he's fouled or not, you know, smashing it into the net. He's a really good finisher. And I, there's something about Chapman. He just seems such a nice guy. I just think you're even more pleased for a player to, to perform when, when they're obviously that great with, with fans and fellow players on and off the pitch. So I, I've gone for 19. Um, I'm expecting we'll have a few more players chip in so it won't be just reliant on him. Um, interesting what, what Sindra was just saying about um, the Dapo and you know, the number nine, etc. We just share the goals out. We don't need somebody to yeah. get 20. If we get a few getting 15, which looks likely, Chaplin with 19, 
maybe Ladapo and then Harness coming back sooner than we thought. If, if he can get close to 15 with Ladapo, that, that should see us with enough goals to go up in this division. It's the other end then. Yeah, and just quickly, I think Hull and Cardiff were promoted to, to the Premier League a few years back and none of those teams had a, had a player who scored more than seven goals that season. So uh, it's for me, it's just basically, do you score enough goals? Do you concede few enough goals? And if if the if the numbers are good and the underlying numbers are good, it doesn't really matter the scores. But the people are really obsessed about the, the the focal point up front. And also on Chaplin, he's a best friend of a Norwegian right back who just got relegated with his team. He's a really um, a lot of top clubs are interested in him. So maybe Chaplin can lure him to to town if if the, we need look to sign a new right back in in January. He'd probably be free as well. What's his name? Sondre Strand Nilsson. So it's yeah, basically my first name with an O instead of an I. And uh, yeah, so he's a really attack minded uh, right back who plays, can play in a three and can play in a four. So uh, maybe Chaplin can uh, whisper him something in the ear because um, they play together in Portsmouth, I think, in the academy. Okay. Okay, well, watch watch your space, Legend. Watch your space, Sindra. Do do your business, mate. See if you can uh, yeah, as well. We'll help you yeah, translate and all that. Um, but if he's if he played in England before, I'm sure he speaks English anyway. Um, yes, definitely. Um, all right then, boys. To end the podcast, let's chat about Wickham then. Um, it's gonna be cold, Ben. I know you're going to the game. Um, Sindra is gonna go. It's not. It's not cold, boys. Come on, come to Norway. Play freezing <laughs> here. Um, but some hot takes though going into the game. Um, Wickham ninth in League One. Sindra, how are you feeling for this one? And some hot takes for the game from sublime to ridiculous, my friend. Yeah, so I surround myself with people who, who try to relax my um, bullishness on Ipswich, so to say. And um, but I, I just whenever I watch the team, I think it's uh, a cohesive team, complete team. Good players in every position. You have the best keeper, probably, except Michael Cooper at Plymouth, probably. And in the goal, you have uh, you have some of the best defenders in the league. You have the best uh, central midfielder in the league, plus even a few other players in midfield. And you have uh, you have uh, star players up front who can create things on their own and together. So um, I can't see any weaknesses in Ipswich right now. And I think Wickham, the type of team who likes to get the ball forward quickly. I think they are number one in League One for uh, crosses, uh, number 24 in terms of uh, ball possession. So it's going to be a clash of styles, obviously. And in my eyes, if the town can just can, can get some control of the game, I'm interested to see how what kind of pressure Wickham comes with. If they go out, pressing high and make trying to make it a chaotic game things are more of a coin flip in my eyes uh, the bookmakers think that it's probably a bit more than 50% chance of town winning the game I would probably agree but it's always a difficult place to go And uh, but I just feel looking back at the Burton game similar type of team earlier in the season also Shrewsbury and also Wickham in uh, McKenna's first proper game last year I think um, this is the type of opposition that suits town well and um, if you can just play um, just avoid uh, getting hung up in the chaoticness of the game get some uh, calmness down keep the ball well and be patient don't get um, the game it's it's basically a game of who who um, who wins in terms of style if town get 
uh, get their way. I think it will be a really, very comfortable away win. But if it gets uh, chaotic and emotional, Wickham are uh, a disgustingly difficult team to play against. Disgustingly. Um, what's your hot take then for the game, mate? You're, in terms of prediction, what do you think is going to happen? Anything random in the game? Any, what's your goal scorer? Goal yeah. Scorers? I think in terms of score prediction, I find it really difficult. Um, so, uh, like I just said, I'm a betting man. I have my own <clears throat> the Twitter page, Spill In, S P I L L I N N. I share picks from League One. And I, when I talked about this game earlier, I think it's. I just I'm struggling to see Town getting um, going with Wickham in this chaoticness that I just talked about. So I think this is a game where Town will try to keep the ball a lot uh, and get some control over it. So I think uh, Ipswich to have over 59.5% possession in the game. That means 60% or more is a good uh, hot take. And also that Town will have fewer corners than usual. I'm a really, uh, I'm really interested in corners. That's my like niche in betting. So um, I think Town will try and attack through the middle and be um, because like crossing aimlessly for Chaplin against Ryan Tafasoli or whoever is uh, playing back there for become is uh, pointless. So um, Town to have over sixty percent possession is my take, and it's, I just go for a one nil win uh, and. Um, I just feel it's the type of game for Ladapo. He usually plays in the away games. I have, a, I have an impression of. Yeah, definitely. Um, ben, hot takes, my friend. What do you reckon, Wickham? How you feeling? You're going to be there in the cold at Adams Park. Um, big crowd, big crowd. Wickham are bringing bringing their fans. We're going to have a great away end. How you feeling? Looking forward to it. Loving away day. Don't look forward to the parking and shambles of getting away from the ground. But hopefully if we win, I won't care as much. Um, basically, Cinder, if you've never been to Adams Park, it's right at the end of an industrial estate, pretty much. It's just a bottleneck of just one single road in and one single road out. So it, all the, it doesn't matter how far away you are from the ground along this road, you've got to park somewhere. And then everybody's just coming out the same road. So, um, of course, the Wickham car park will be sold out. That's my first hot take. Great. Not really hot take. But whether they tweet about it this season, I don't know. Um, likely it is there'll be a ball because of the way Wickham play that gets ballooned out of the ground and into said car park. Adams Park is a nice, nice little ground, but not, you know, not, the, not like the fortress. Um, but that's why I enjoy, I enjoy these trips to League One grounds because it does sort of take you to different places you've not been before. Last year um, was a really chaotic first half that um, Cinder was just saying, we've got to try and avoid that. And luckily we ran away with the game in the second half. It was a fantastic Tuesday night. And that was freezing that night. And I don't think it's going to be much warmer on Saturday. Um, I, I've put here look, two little things that I think may happen. I think the wonder kid, Cameron Humphreys, is due a wonder strike from um, from edge of the box, just outside the box, just in the box. Um, so left foot strike from Cameron Humphreys for one of the goals. And I've also put KDY or Genoi, depending on who plays, to get a shot on target. Oh, but I, I think um, I'm not going as far as a goal, but I think a shot on target. Um, but I, I'm a little bit worried about this game. I think when, whenever we go back to a ground where we did so well the previous year, I think if we, it's a bit superstitious, really. I think as an Ipswich Town fan, there's always a little bit of having a bit of superstition because of 
years of misery. But McKenna, hopefully, I'm sure he'll watch numerous tapes of Wickham. They've not been as good as they have been last year. Form-wise, the last few games, they've, they've done a little bit better. Um, is it Mehed, Meh, Mehmedi, Mehedmi? Mehmedi. He's having a man now. He's having a man now. The problem is he didn't even know his name in the first place, Ross. So it's even worse, I think. Um, yeah, he, he's certainly their most attacking threat. So I will worry if he's on the left-hand side and Genoa's not playing. KDY is... As we know, his strengths probably lie going further forward. He's not, obviously, by no means, he, he would get in most teams as a right-back in this division, but that would be one area that I'd, I'd worry a little bit. Um, but I'm still confident. I think it'll be a tight game. But I, I, I think you've got to predict that we'll nick it. You've got to. 2,400, I think. Is it 2,400? 2,000-something we're taking. Yeah. I mean, outrageous. It'll feel like a home game. Can't wait. Love it. Oh, I'm sorry, but that was a bit rude for me, actually. I was sort of laughing no, at you. No, it wasn't, I mate. I, you, got, you know, if <laughs> yeah. I give it, I've got to take it. Yeah, yeah. Ennis Mimetti. Oh, I think that's his name. Hello! We've got a nice little special, special guest on the pod if you're watching on video. It's good old Winnie. Ben's lovely dog. Um, not interested. Not interested. Not interested. <laughs> in Sindre. Not interested at all. Um, but there we go, then, boys. Um, Sindre. Any other business? It's great to have you back on the pod. Anything else you want to mention? No, thanks for coming on. And if people are interested in uh, in some League One betting tips, just follow my Twitter account. It's S P I L L I N N. So uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a uh, geek in League One, and um, yeah, it's it's a pleasure to to be so when Town are playing so well. So thanks for coming on, and uh, hopefully. Everybody will stay safe in uh, during the Christmas, and hopefully you English people can uh, stay safe during the heavy amounts of snow that you're getting, <laughs> and uh, yeah. try not to crash every car you. Because all those videos from England when people are crashing in winter, are, they always get uh, laughed at from uh, from the Nordic people. So yeah, stay safe and uh, take care of the people around you, especially in these days with uh, the electricity crisis and all that. Top man. Oh, what a lovely fella, Ben. Sindre is. What a, what a man. It's great to have you back on. We'll get you back on again soon, my friends. Um, ben, DF, always a pleasure. See you in Wickham. Any other business? No, see you in Wickham. Can't wait. Hope to see lots of town fans. Well, I know there's lots going and I'll say hello to everybody that, I've, that I know already. Um, we yeah, just a fantastically well-supported club um, and it makes you proud to be an Ipswich fan. And meeting someone like Sindra tonight all the way from Norway is um, just shows how far way. the reaches of Ipswich can 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 get into the um, <laughs> darkest winter Norway. Um, so, yeah, very nice to meet you, Sindra. A top man. You're, uh, Likewise. Uh, you're a bit like uh, McKenna with your analytical approach to this podcast. Fantastic. Thank you. The same too. And to Ross. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Good pronunciations. Yes, yeah, <laughs> well hosted, yeah, Ross. Ross. Brilliant, Ross. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. But yeah, I apologize to anybody who'd been offended by my terrible. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. Just, yeah. But anyway, I hope everyone's enjoyed. Hope you all have a good weekend. Come on the town. Um, hopefully, another win as we stay top of League One. Um, of course, big shout out. To our sponsors, first of all, Manscaped, um, use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. I think you just got enough time just before Christmas to fill in your stocking. And then also, Ginger Pickle, the goats of marketing. Um, all your marketing needs there, SEO and all that jazz. Um, we'll be back next week for more podcasts, ready for the build-up to Christmas. As Sindre said, 
keep safe out there and see you next time. Bye-bye for now.